Last week, Kevin and I decided to do a rapid fire, which turned into a bit of a slow burn. But in that slow burn, we learned just how powerful dreams can be when you find yourself in the land where you feel you belong. We also learned that when Kevin and I get together, we can't help but bring out the laughter. I hope you enjoy this official interview with Kevin, where we discuss what it's like to be an aspiring creator, the struggles, and the joy. But first, let's listen to what Kevin had to say about that first episode. Thanks for having me. I had a lot of fun. I hope everyone out there enjoyed hearing us banter ridiculously. I hope there was not an excessive amount of giggles. And now, without further ado, let us properly meet Kevin A. Fagan. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm okay. Essentially, all I want to do is have a conversation. Well, if there's anything we're experienced at, it's conversation. I think so. I was telling my sister, I'm like, we could have an hour conversation strictly by accident with no context or anything. So, like, yeah. And, and what concerns me is the nature of this may cause strangeness where there wouldn't be any before. I don't think we're going to fall into that because I think we're just going to fall into a rhythm like we always do. But... I agree. But hey, worse comes to worse. We just push through the awkwardness and then you just splice what you need. That is something that I am actively learning how to do. And it's very exciting. Right. I, I like that. I like how you've jumped in and just found your way. I you like know, it. it's so like, what was I thinking? <laughs> but you use GarageBand for yours, right? Right. But I... GarageBand is an Apple product, so I don't have access to that. But I've been using Audacity, and so I like I didn't know how to use it really. And on um, some day last week, anyway, I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm just I'm gonna give you these things and uh, ask you to kind of put them back together for me because it was just like a 45 seconds here and a nine seconds there and whatever." And I'm like, "I don't know how to put it together." Because I pulled them into the program and had no idea. Like, it wasn't making sense to me how to put it together. And so my Kevin is standing behind me. Because he understands how to do it, he doesn't understand that I don't understand how to do it. So I'm like, huh? And he's like, just just drag it. You just put it together. And I'm like, huh? So I, uh, yeah. I sat with it. I mean, and at the end of the day, it really just comes down to committing the time to learn how to do the thing. Sure. And so that's what I did. I sat with it and I'm like, worst comes to worse. I, you know, mess up the whole thing, but I still have the master copies elsewhere. And that's all that really matters is that as long as you have something you can revert back to, yeah. then you just play until you figure it out. Well, and isn't that the thing? Like, and essentially... That's like what life is, right? <laughs> Assuming that you don't do something that's so dramatic and devastating that you don't have the option to kind of take three steps back and right. reset. Sure. There's no reason why you shouldn't just try something. You have to. You, can, you Like you literally have to just do it. And then I find that once you like play with it, you're like, hmm, I like this. I don't really like that. Maybe I could just do this part again or figure out how to do it. Right. I always get trapped in the over perfection thing where, because once I figure out how to take something out, well, now how can I settle for less? Right. Because I know how to try and fix it, but then you get stuck in that weird place of, is it ever perfect? Is it ever? Exactly. And that's a dangerous place to find yourself because then how can you ever release anything? Right. It'll never be done. So, how do you manage that? Um, that's one of my main problems, but what I what I do if I'm real stuck is I will come back to it afterwards. So, like, if I'm getting to the point and I recognize that 
Am I being overly critical here? But how okay. long, like, how long are you engaged in the activity before you realize that you've got yourself sucked into this? Uh, I would say not less than an hour because I could be there. It depends how, if it seems like something that, like, what I'm trying to achieve is far off, mm -hmm. then that might be a quicker process. Because, like, oh, this is just terrible. Forget it. Yeah. I can't look at this right now. I just can't deal with it. But when it's close, those are the ones that go an hour to where you're like, ah, no, no, just that. Because, like, you can just pull it over just less than a second. It's funny how much time there is in a second to do. Yeah. Like, yesterday, I was taking a, a chunk of a recording. It was an hour and a half. And I was trying to chunk it into topics and, you know, I'm listening and I'm looking at, you know, oh, okay, this is where we were discussing whatever the issue was. And then I'm watching the, the sound wave bar and I'm like, okay, okay, here's where it stops. And I'm thinking, oh, I must've been listening to this thing for like 45 minutes. This is a huge chunk. Turns out it's like one minute, 12 seconds long. I'm like, what on earth? I'm like trying to find that exact moment. Oh, okay. And now that I've broken it into topics, now I have to go back to each topic and, and clean it up. The window. Yeah, right, right, right. Exactly. I, yeah, yeah, is what I have it's to say a, about it's, that. It's a little bit fun, though, in a twisted way. I agree. I agree. And I like the learning aspect of it for me. I was saying that it's going to be interesting later on to look at the earlier episodes or listen to the earlier episodes to the later ones where you're literally hearing the learning curve happening. Yes. yes I, th I think that's going to be, that's going to be interesting. Cause you can hear your growth. Yeah. Or, you know, those moments where you revert back into your terrible behaviors. Yeah, your inflection, but some stuff is just natural, right? No matter how much you try, like I was telling you with the, hmms and like 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 with that with that one podcast i was doing it literally traumatized me <laughs> because when i went back and listened after all this time that's all i could hear yeah and while with the previous ones i did with you and with my sister yeah there was some but i didn't feel like it was so prominent but with this one my goodness i told you i almost had a breakdown like i had to literally just push it away leave me because i was horrified at it. i was having a panic attack it yeah well and it's interesting that you say that because when i was listening to the conversation that i was recording yesterday or that i that i was editing yesterday the amount of times i said like i <laughs> i was horrified <laughs> i was horrified I'm like i how the on crazy, earth <laughs> crazy thing is though the crazy thing is, after that, it was recently, I think I was, I don't know if it was Drew Barrymore show, or there was some kind of, there's two things. I think there's a podcast with these wrestling guys, New Day, and then there was some talk show. But they were doing it, not crazily, but they do it a large amount of times. So it's not so strange, especially when you're having a conversation. That's how you speak naturally. Exactly. And I think that part of it especially the nature of this um these episodes it's supposed to it's not supposed to sound contrived it's because it's not it's supposed to sound the way it would sound if we were just sitting around having a conversation and precisely that's how we speak like two journalists and furthermore and and i mean we do use that kind of i was of gonna say we do use that kind of language Right. However, yeah. we throw in a lot of colloquialisms in there as well. Very colloquialisms. So. Like I, I would describe kind of a, a normal talk, but refined perfect English with some slang. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I do know what you're saying. Like and maybe throw in some swears. Yeah. Just to spice it up. And we all know you are well versed in the swear. <laughs> <laughs> all right fine <laughs> I've, come, I've come a long way i've quite enjoyed it myself but i uh i have a mentor in cursing it would be you. <laughs> why thank you 
<laughs> I mean, if I, if you're gonna be good at something, if you're if you're gonna do something, do it well. You're right. There you go. <laughs> okay, so I have a bunch of questions that I've always wanted to ask you. Okay, I'm ready. We were kind of talking about this just a second ago when you were talking about how you would put something away. How long would the space of time be between you putting something away and either coming back to it or now it's just been away for too long, you're never going to touch it again? So the ideal time frame Mm -hmm. where I would say leave it and come back ideally would be 24 hours. Would be ideal... I would love for that. Like if it was for me and I was saying, I'm going to leave this now and come back to it. I would want to come back tomorrow and see if I was able to pick up what I was wanted. Um, reasonable time frame, I would say, is like a week because sometimes you're either going to go to something else or sometimes I just have to like only distance myself, force field myself until I can come back to it. Sometimes I'm in a more creative state of mind or it's just something I'm so close that I have to go back. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever reach never, mm. but I've had long times, like a month, even longer. Like I have projects now that I started working on years ago that I've never finished that I work on in some way or the other. Like I'll go and I'll tweak a, a lyric or something like that, or I'll even say it to myself um, and something write down like I got stuff chicken scratch all over the place right so I would say ideally I would like to come back in a day couple days that would be ideal but I wouldn't say never it's just hard to say never because in my head I'm always thinking of it you know right? yeah like, I'm always like hmm, I know I can do that better let's say it's something I finished but I didn't like it then it's more likely to happen sooner because okay. I actually finished it and now I've heard a full version of what I didn't like. And then I can now go in and try to fix the parts. Okay. So in that vein, you're going to go back and fix parts of it. Has there ever been a project that you finished and you're like, I hate this whole thing. I'm going to hit delete. Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Um, I've going and I'm like, I, so, so usually my format is going to be three verses, like two choruses, whatever, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes chorus one is good, or sorry, verse one is good, the other two are terrible, or like one and three are good, and the second one is in there, right? So sometimes it all depends. Sometimes I'll just go in there, redo the verse, and then that's fine. But if they don't match, that's a problem. That's where more likely I'm just going to kill everything and put it back because sometimes you're fixing that one and now the last one that you just did was not even a take that you kind of considered doing it and now it's so above the other two that i just gotta do it all over again Hmm. but yes all the time because i it's that over perfectionist thing i'll get mad at it i'll be like this was terrible no i'm done i'll do it like this i'm a multi-take guy because I'll go in and I'll be like, no, I didn't like that. That was okay. Okay, I'll just mute this one. I'll do another one of the same thing, decide which one I like better after. Okay, and does that go for both the lyrics and the the beats? The beats are usually a work in process. So since I've gotten back into the, the production part of things, most times I'll have a song already written out and then I will now try to come up with a beat for it so with the beat ones those ones like let's say i'm working on the beat and something gets stuck those are the ones that are most likely to not get touched for a long time because it's, it's a good idea but maybe that wasn't the one for this or maybe i don't project. like this portion so those are the ones that like not i wouldn't discard a beat totally but i would push it far away from me Okay. And then either find something else for it, or sometimes the idea gets back burner because, like, no, this needs to have um, something. Which right now I'm working on something like that, where it's just a very short. I would call it a one verse song, one verse, one chorus, more of an interlude, but with just something that literally came in my head one day. It was a Sunday. Um, my dad was upstairs preaching. A little inspiration hit. I wrote it down. Actually, I didn't even write it down. I just set it into my phone. 
right? Kept the voice recording, was trying to do like some ad libs, all my voice only, no real instruments. Nice. When I went back and tried to do the melody again, me trying to sing it wasn't matching the original melody that I had. I just went away. But then when I came back and I went to it, I was like, oh, yes. So I've been like retooling it, kind of doing from scratch. And it's actually kind of coming along nicely, I would say. Lately, say I'd go back maybe once a week and work on it a bit and then leave it alone. Because I know the words now that are going into it. Now I'm just trying to get the beat to go with how I want to do it. So at the end of the day, what's the goal for that song or any other song that you're working on right now? Are you compiling something to make an album at the moment? or Yeah, that's what I want to do. I feel like that's what I feel like I have to do. Mm-hmm. That's if I could just put one work together, put it out there, I'd be happy. Because once I'm dead, it's out there. You can find me. You want to hear my voice. Yeah. Miss me when I'm dead. You could go in there, hear my album, whatever. But that's what I want to do. Just to know that, like, you know, I grew up listening. I'm sure similar to, you know, you with literary, right? Like, you know, I have a passion for this. I enjoy reading. I want to do my part. You've done it. Like, I want to put a book out there. You've done a few, right? Yeah. I've made songs, but have I officially made an album not necessarily like i'd say my first go around like so let me backtrack a bit when i was working with my friend and we were doing stuff we technically had an album but it was way back we didn't really we made a mixtape we gave the mixtape out things like that that was fine Mm -hmm. but i want to do for myself now technology and everything you can get anything on apple really you just have to kind of formulate it, do whatever. If I got to pay something, fine. But that's the end goal. Definitely album. You mentioned that you and your friend worked on putting together a mixtape. So when you were younger, was commercial success a driving factor and that has changed over the years? Or are you still interested in the commercial success aspect of it in putting together the album? So it's always been more so the craft for Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we had discussed commercial, but because of the, for me anyways, the perfection aspect, if it didn't sound great, or if it's like something we didn't have the rights to the, you know, all the production, cause we used to have a guy that we go to, he'd produce for us right? and we'd, we'd put down the lyrics. So if I wasn't like, if I didn't either like it all the way, but more so not knowing how to put it out there or what's covered, what's not, how do you register for SOCAN, stuff like that. Yeah. I was totally oblivious. Now, I wouldn't mind commercial success. I'm more interested now in having something that I know that if I put it out there, no one can come to me and be like, hey, uh, you took a snippet of our song here. You now owe us. Right. Granted, that's not a big problem. Like that stuff happens. You can just take it off. Uh, it's still the craft for me. I just need my, I need to take my piece of my head and traumatize you with my thoughts and then leave that with you. Do you have a timeline that you're giving yourself within which to get this album put together? Or is this, this is your life's work and it'll be done whenever it's done? I'm trying to still develop a realistic timeline, yeah. but I haven't. But that's what I need to do. For example, when I'm thinking right now, is that my birthday's in July. I would love to have something done for then. And I think it's very possible to do. Okay. It's just a matter of me doing it, right? Because there's been stuff I've been working on over the years, which I've never put out anywhere, which I could do. But it needs to feel right. I don't know. So what does that even look like? I mean, I know how it works when you're, you decide that you're going to write a book mm-hmm. and there's a platform there are several platforms that you can um, utilize to format your book and get your book out in people's hands or on as an ebook or um, how does that work when you're talking about music? I will admit to my ignorance, music is on the internet. How does it get there? That's, that's an excellent question. So like now you can put your music on Spotify. There are ways to get it on like iTunes and Google Play, very similar to what we've done with our podcasts. With our podcasts. Oh, okay. I believe it's similar, 
but I don't think it's that simple. I feel like with the music, at least on the iTunes, you have to submit it to them. This is what I have. This is when I want it to come out. Right. Right. I know that, for example, if I wanted to, you know, have my own website, I could just sell stuff from my website. Yeah. And it's fine. The more I look, there's a lot of distribution. I think there's something called DistroKid where you can distribute it and they'll kind of be your distributor or you could do it for yourself. The more I could do myself, I would like to do. But if I have to tell you, go to my website and find this and find that, you may not be so willing to, right? But yeah. if I'm like, put Kevalonius in iTunes, yeah. put Kevalonius in Google Play, that's easy. In my nine to five, there's a term called customer effort. You don't want someone to have to do too much in order to get your product because the more they have to do, the less likely they'll are to follow do through. Yeah. Right. Or it's just not a good experience for them. Yeah. Having your stuff on platforms that people already access is fantastic. Our podcast, for example, when we made the move over to anchor anchor does the distributing and it's on apple it's yeah. on breaker it's on spotify it's all over the place and you just have to say well, whatever platform you're using is there type for this type kevalonius in type yeah. written by grimes in yeah type the kevin show in thank you <laughs> this kind of goes back to what you were talking about before with regard to how long you would leave something is there anything that you have released that you would re-record now because i don't know like now you think you can come at it in a more mature manner or whatever that's an excellent question so yes so my first compilation i would call it i would say it's about eight songs it was called savage bliss okay um quick story where I got that name is it was from like an Avon product, you know, being my Avon peddler <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. Um, but we had some joke about Jovian Musk. <laughs> yes, Jovian Musk. You can remember Musk. that, right? Jovian <laughs> Musk, right? So then when I saw Savage Bliss, I was like, I love that name. I'm like, that's the name I'm going to use. So I did, but some of it is a little bit rougher. Okay. So I feel like from a monetary perspective, mm -hmm. I should be able to go back and redo some of those things where, yeah, like some people around me would have heard it, but overall the world has not heard it. So I've thought about that definitely. So yes, there is some stuff I would go back to. I also torture myself with a lot of the stuff that I do with my colleague where, man, I'll hear a lisp or something I either didn't do on the right pattern, yeah. you know, it just sounds a little bit jumbled where it just haunts me. So I'm always like, if I could have another crack at that, I would kill it. And I mean, that opens up your catalog. It does. Extensively. That's great. I'm very excited. When's your birthday again? July 12th. <laughs> July 12th. I think it's a Sunday too. So that'd the be world's watching. July 12th. Put it in your calendar. Okay. That's the goal. You know what? Accountability. July 12th. At the end of the day, that's exactly what it comes down to, right? My you got to give yourself some deadlines. You got to give yourself, you got to put that accountability into the mix or else you can just say, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. And you never have to be held accountable to that. And if it, if it gets done super, if it never gets done, then meh, you know, who's going to hold you to task or take you to task for it? No Forgive one. my penmanship, but I don't know if you can see. It, it's <laughs> supposed to say July 12th, Kev Intervention. Kev Intervention. <laughs> I, I feel like that is the way to start it because me releasing it is like an intervention to myself. Yeah. Because I've always been holding this back. So that's, that's exciting. This is, You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> There's no reason beyond me just not finding the time because I don't want to find the time. Well, and that was going to be my next question because I, I don't know the breadth of the work that needs to be done in order to meet this July 12th goal. Are you biting off more than you can chew? Are you going to create smaller deadlines to ensure that you remain on target? What should come from this is a bit of a, not a backtrack, but 
almost working backwards. Mm -hmm. You know, like those math problems where they give you the answer and you got to figure out what equation you got to it? Similar to that. So it would be a good idea to say, I'm going to have two songs done in two weeks. Okay. And and so then what what is the July 12th goal specifically? Is it to have it, have the completed album available for you to look at and say, I have completed this thing, or is July 12th the day that I could go on to Spotify and find it? As of right now, I mean, obviously, it's very fluid at the moment. So, so as of right this second, the realistic would be to have it done, completed, where I could put it into anyone's hands, and I would not have any apprehension beyond just the natural shyness you have when you share your creativeness yes now should i get into that groove then i would like that to be the release point but at the very least minimum where i'm putting for myself is to have it done doesn't have to be super long i feel like eight songs is a good could be an ep that's fine that counts what's an ep so from what i know of an ep is like if you remember you would have albums that have like five songs on it and not like a usual 12 or whatever it was in our time. I think it was more like 16. I feel like you get eight aside back in the day. Yes. Depending on who it is. But EP is like a condensed version. Basically. Okay. So like a best of whatever the the bigger project was. Kind of. Well, no, not even that. Okay. So an EP is an extended play record. A musical recording that contains more tracks than a single, but less than an album or an LP. Okay, there you have it. So you've set this date. You made reference to how you're going to manage these smaller deadlines between now and that date. The next question, to my mind anyway, is how are you going to stay motivated from the day that you set the deadline for yourself to the day that you finish the thing? Where do you conjure motivation from? Is it just the task itself or do you have to seek it you need inspiration and your inspiration fuels your motivation or is it the goal itself that fuels the motivation how are you gonna manage that and can you work when you're not inspired and or not motivated i know that was a lot no it's okay i can work but the amount of work may not satisfy me Mm. so like i can force myself to sit down and do something and work on it my problem was always not doing that is being like i'm not in the mood and i just don't do it right but there's been times where like i sit down like my computer's open i'm like okay let me just turn this on and see what's going on in here and that's always resulted well for me so i know that if i just do it and start working i know i'll achieve it Um, My motivation will be not only the fact that I haven't done these things and I hate saying these things out loud and then not doing them. Mm -hmm. So it's the accountability. I want to, this is something I want to do. It's important to me. So now that I'm saying it out loud and people are going to hear it, that's a large aspect. I've now said this. Um, I think you're probably the second person I said this to, not timeframe wise. Um, with the other podcast I recorded with that other uh, gentleman, Scott, which will come out whenever he's ready. But I had said on that that I want to do it, right? So I've been trying to work on stuff, but I never gave any time frame. So you are the one who, you have my accountability. This is what I need to do. That's exciting. And I, I don't mind being the one who knows the date. And I mean, Whoever listens to this particular episode will also know the date. But uh, you know I like to do these little writing sessions and keep each other on track. And let's, you know, let's go for 20 minutes. Let's go for an hour. Let's do whatever when we have these little chunks of time that we can find in our days. With us each having a goal to work toward, there is a real check-in that we can do. And that would be a good idea. Yeah. So along with that... Mm -hmm is I want to prove something to myself that I can actually do it. Yeah. There's people who believe in me. I am one of them. Thank you. And it's like, I don't like the, it's not just not wanting to let people down. 
I don't want to let myself down. And there's there's only so much things that you can control. This is one of the things that I, I feel like I can control. Yeah. I haven't. So somewhere in the back of my hind, hind in the back of my <laughs> mind, I'm being a little bit ridiculous because why do I think that just saying it is going to make it happen? But I know I can do it. Right. Oh. And I, yeah. And I mean, I think a, a huge part of, of getting it done is knowing internally that you can do it. But like you said, saying it out loud, acknowledging to yourself that the reason it's not done is because you just haven't done it, but it is achievable is all part of that fuel that will bring it to fruition later and sooner rather than later. So today my cousin sent me a message and it's it's a Justin Bieber song. And he says, look at the feature. One of our cousins is the feature, right? Um, This guy used to be a bodyguard for Justin Bieber, but like his dad's a pastor. He did a little bit of pastoring. So it's like a, a bit of a inspirational song. So just at the end, probably like one minute, he gives a little talking to. But I'll be honest with you, one of my feelings was extreme jealousy because he did this. Who knows what's going to come out of it? Maybe nothing. Who knows? If anything, he's going to get some revenue off it. And it's like, I feel like I have this major talent, not to be, you know, too braggadocious, but I feel like I have this major talent and I'm not doing anything. He's a security guard. And he's gotten into something. He's done this now. My cousin who sent it to me does motivational speaking now. It's really taking on traction. Like yeah. people are doing things. I was talking to him one time. And he's like, the three things you should focus on. This is probably like pandemic last year. But I've kept it on a sticky note since our conversation. Who am I? What do I want? And what is your purpose? What's my purpose? Okay. So... I literally look at this every day and just tell myself, stop this. Um, I think, and I've seen this in my own creative journey, when you do the thing that that you've been saying that you would do or that other people wanted to do and haven't done, when they see you do it, they become inspired to not only do the thing, whatever the thing is, but to believe in themselves that they can do it too. And whether that is coming from a, well, if she can do it, I can do it perspective, or a, if she can do it, I can do it, but more loving (laughs) intention behind that, then I think it's a good um, lead by example moment to put all that effort and energy into it to maybe not see any uh, benefit. It's scary for people, but I think if they see a modicum of success and even if the success isn't necessarily commercial success it's like personal achievement fulfillment kind of success that brings something out of people where they want that for themselves they want that fulfillment for themselves and they'll be more inspired to you know make it work like if you try something and it fails that's fine at least you tried it right but story of my life has been well that's a great idea i've never tried it anything even what I'm doing now, that just kind of came as a natural skill. This stuff should be the same, music-wise at least, because anything I've done with it has been very natural, but not like, you know, buckling down to say, okay, after work, I'm going to work on this for an hour, regardless of anything, you know? Now, is that because it's work? Like it changes from a passion project to work? I don't know about that because at the end of the day, if I was just indulging the passion, I should really technically have like 7 million songs that I've just never done anything commercially with it. Well, no, because you would be stuck in your perfection loop. You would never get to 7 million songs. Uh, Maybe. You got a point there. So back in the day, let's call it about a decade, maybe more, is... When I started getting into production, I couldn't do the two at a time. Mm-hmm. So, like, I couldn't think of lyrical ideas while I was working on production. But what I would do is pretty much every day, I'd go work on a beat. Sometimes you're finishing a beat. Sometimes you're just starting something from scratch just for the sake of it. And that's when it was, like, all emotion and enjoying it, right? 
Okay. I was doing it. But then when I stopped, I just stopped. I was worried about not being able to write. So I had to really step away, which I regret. But at the same time, I'm glad I did because now I feel like I found double brain. And the writing aspect of it coming back and giving you double brain, is that basically a product of age and maturity and you've recaptured that creative lyricist side of things the poet in you in retrospect i would say that i never lost it and the poet has always been who i am okay i feel like i because i was so enamored with the production part i just couldn't get my mind like okay if i'm thinking of something a lyric comes in my head I write down the lyric. It might spring a song. It might spring a verse, whatever. Okay. When I would think of a beat, it'd be like, do, 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 in my head somewhere. Right. And then it's like, I need to go and try and make that sound. But okay. it, I was only thinking like that. Like the words part was just, it was dormant. Yeah. That's, that's probably the right word. It was dormant. Yeah. Right. So when I started working on lyrics again, I don't think the production part went away. I just was not working on it at all. So okay. there's certain things I still do or certain things I could try, but like the technology has changed over the time. So like my comfort zone has changed a little bit, but it's been interesting to do it a little bit more and find some um, like a natural, I don't know how I describe it. Just, it's not the lack of pressure. It's just being able to find some fun in it and being able to express both those sides, I guess is best I would say. So I'm, I'm trying to conceptualize how this might work. Do you need to be inspired to write the poetry, but you can just work to do the beats? Or are they both kind of ethereal and you, you need to be in like a, a creative mind space where either can kind of come and go, they're both kind of flowing in and out at the same time? I may need the, the creativity to start the idea. Sometimes it's just a spark of an idea, right? So let's say I decide I want to make a song about Abby, okay? Here's an Abby line. Here's the, I know I want to have an Abby song, right? Sounds like a great song. Go on. I can leave it and come back and continue not necessarily being fully peak creativity, but because I know what I'm trying to do, I can mm -hmm. work on it. Okay. But the finishing of something more so will come with the creativity peaking. Because okay. now everything's going, oh, verse, verse, verse comes. Oh, I know I'll do the chorus like this. Those are the times where you think your first verse is going to be the first verse, and it turns out that's actually going to be your middle verse. And then you start writing. Those are the those beautiful out-of-body moments where you're like, this is what I love. This is what I, I need. Yeah. I'm only recently starting to write poetry. And I was driving home the other day and um, yesterday. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> it was yesterday that I went out for the first time in weeks. And I, as I was driving down the highway, I was thinking about the song that was playing on the radio and how to think of music as poetry. I know that it is, but how I write poetry. I write very short poems. Everybody's heard or seen my poems. They're very short because I don't have the staying power to write a long poem. So when I look at songs, it's basically a poem that somebody is able to make musical, but I don't know how they do that. Like I've been thinking about this a lot lately and I figure I might as well ask somebody who actually does this thing. How do you stay in that mindset to write like a whole song? I could write a verse and I, I think I would just kind of fizzle out right after that. I mean, like, oh, yes, here here's the, the main thrust of the idea and I'm done. <laughs> so best I would describe haven't not doing so in a while. But what I would compare it to is a chapter versus a whole book. OK, right? so, for example, I may know the story I want to say, but I don't necessarily know chapter one to the end, right? Okay. But like the song is kind of like your interpretation and in how like that particular, like the verse is like that chapter. You may know how you want to end 
but I would presume there's going to be some where you're not always sure how you get there. Right. Similar to that. So, and it's all different because there's some things that have come in and I've probably wrote the whole thing in a day and just been done. We used to sit down, like when we used to do the group things. Okay. So like we had one song where we were making cartoon references. Okay. So we sat down, thought of the different things we could do, like what reference I wanted to make, or like, I may say, okay, I want to say something about um, plucky duck. Okay. Right to like Bucky O'Hare. Okay. So like I may say something about Bucky O'Hare and then the next person is going to go, okay, I can rhyme that with this. And we're talking about cartoons. I can make an idea of that. Right. right? Okay. So once you have your idea, you can kind of go there. Some things just come to you. Um, one song, Sex and Tears, literally came to me outside a bar one night. It's been super long. That's one of the ones that should have been done a long time ago. I made the beat a long time ago, but never finished the lyrics to it. But the moment that I had the concept, I kind of knew how I wanted it to sound and the subject matter. So the instrument part, once I went and sat down to start making it, it was just, it just made itself almost. Okay. But the the lyrics part actually i did finish the lyrics part but just the you know the whole performance aspect has been a little bit more difficult but that was so sometimes like i'm writing a justice song it's not about police brutality per se but just kind of things of that nature Mm -hmm. um i know what i want to say but it's been a journey of saying it properly because i want to say it properly right that even though I had a clear end game was not a clear of the steps on how to get there. Whereas other things can come up and it's like, oh, these lyrics are coming into my head. And then after it becomes a song that's happened to me a lot of times too, where I have snippets of stuff all over the place. And then you realize, wait a minute, these can go together. And then many times, like usually for me, I don't know if it's a rap thing, but like 16 bars. is what it is sometimes i will get like eight to 12 can't do the other 16 those are the ones i leave away come back inspired maybe i got a sip of wine someday and i come back no i know these other four now boom okay okay right so it's all it's very and i would imagine that your notes from books would be something very similar like some stuff are gonna be the same way but other things are totally like this came out of nowhere you just woke up and was like let me just write this idea down because i just came with it in my dream yeah i mean it is like that a lot of the time but i don't even know if that answered your question at all to be honest but that's my rant and you know what (laughs) because of how it is how we talk and how things flow i don't even know what the question was so let's hope that it did the same thing i'm like i don't even remember what you asked me but That's the answer you're getting. That's the and that's the answer I'll take. It's it's a wonderful answer. Um, you made a comment about having snippets of lyrics here, there, and everywhere. And earlier you were talking about, you know, you just kind of write ideas down um, whenever they come to you, and that you you know use your voice memo thing or voice notes in your phone do you have like a a notebook that you compile all of these things in or are you like literally searching around your office going what is is this a grocery list or was this the lyrics for something that i thought of that one day both so i have like an attache case with a lot of chicken attache case i I think that's what it's called okay yeah yeah it's an accordion folder Oh, pardon me. Pardon me. Um, <laughs> I was expecting you to like pull out an old time leather briefcase. <laughs> oh man, I I want the what do they call it. Um, I feel like it's the one in the movies. The, the one that they it? handcuffed to their wrists. Yeah, something like that. Where all my important documents would be. I feel like that's what I want. Um, Retinal scan, fingerprint. That's the only like way that, that it opens. Um, yeah, there's that. Um, stuff even dating back to high school I kid you not where I had little notebooks I still have those notebooks I may have the paper um, I have receipts or sorry transfers from being a bus driver where something would come in my head and I just be like oh 
article quick and, and just shove it in my pocket. Um, there's voice notes in my phone. There's actual notes in my phone. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of, let's see if I just pull something random out. Right. Is it organized in a particular way? Not really. More so if I realize that I've already did a song with it. Uh -huh. I have it in one section. If I haven't, so like, okay, here's a notebook I pulled out. Wow. Um, it's a bit beat up, but it's got some stuff in there. Goodness gracious. No. Um, <laughs> that is, <laughs> that's a little bit more than a little bit beat up. Oh, yeah. You, know. you turn the page and the one page almost fell out of the book. That's right. <laughs> that is right. And then you have even just little tiny ones where there's probably just like one, like a one line or two, right? I found the one the other day. It's it's over there somewhere, but I was like, oh, that was actually nice. I like that idea. I can use that. <laughs> so it's all over. It's all over. That's amazing. Do you ever look back at those old ideas and you're like, what were you thinking? Or like you can put yourself right back into that that period of time in your life where you're like, ooh, clearly I was heartbroken or, ooh, I was so excited about whatever the thing was. Very much so. Even in some cases, I can, if there's certain influences, so like when I first started listening to Eminem, mm -hmm. those stuff are a lot more disturbing because hearing that kind of stuff creatively just kind of opened up it was like oh i can go as far as i really want to which i was always kind of akin to that anyways mm -hmm. of just being like as far blown ridiculous as i can be so when i saw how far he went i'm like oh i could do that right right so sometimes you look at that stuff or it's like i'll pull out snippets all the time and say them to my sister and she's just like what's wrong with you <laughs> because that was just Though that's where my head was and same idea where sometimes some things are just very lovely i'm like oh man that's a beautiful idea there kevin this yeah you could feel it um it's like okay what was i talking about here what happened yeah very much so so your stuff clearly must be very autobiographical do you feel revealed when people hear your stuff because whenever I write something that's disturbing or a poem that's particularly down on love, people tend to message me. Are you okay? Like, what's going on? I'm perfectly fine. Everything is copacetic. That was just the idea that came to my mind and I wrote it down and I figured I'd share it with you guys. And it's, it's always nice that they check in. But, uh, you know, sometimes I'm like, okay, you should know by now. If I need to talk to you about something, I'm going to talk to you about uh, it. This is not my way of doing so. Right. So one time I had a song. It's about a young lady and, you know, the unrequited love, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then I had sent it to another girl who was in the same circumstance, but didn't exactly word out, but I cared about her. Mm -hmm. And she was like, is this what I like? Is this about me? Like, is this what you're saying? I was like, no, 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 no. I was just sharing. I was, I was just literally sharing. But yeah, sometimes I I feel like it goes depend on what I'm exposing, okay. right? Some songs I do is just fun. Just nice ideas. It's all about the wordplay. That is not, like, that's going to give you an aspect of my personality. But like these particular songs are more like how I've now analyzed the situation and how I'm saying it. So those ones are sometimes difficult to hear around people. Yes. I'd rather just leave the song with them. They give me their feedback and we're good. But for me to now, cause like while, while you're listening to it, like if I'm listening to it in front of you, I'm listening to it myself. And then I know exactly what I'm saying. And it's just a bit like, Oh, right. It's like, Oh man. You know, are you going to judge me? Which is not anything that bad per se, but yeah, I do. I, and I think that's the fun part of it to a degree. And that's why I like, same with the podcast thing. Like I want to open up my cranium and give you an opportunity to look inside. If right. you happen to be horrified, that's even better. <laughs> I just want to show you, this is how I look at it. Okay. So about your podcast, it's called The Kevin Show. You can find it on Anchor and Spotify. And Apple Podcasts and all of the other wonderful distribution uh, platforms. So you don't have to go looking for it. You can just use whatever it is that you use to to 
to right. check out podcasts. Up, Where you're Kevin listening show? to this podcast, you can find Kevin the That's Kevin right. Show. You just look it up, look up Kevin, or look up Kevin, sorry, the Kevin Show. If you look up Kevin A. Fagan, you'll also find it there. So you wanted to pop open your cranium and let people look inside. Right. Show the world the methods to my madness. That's basically the tagline. One man's quest to teach the world the methods to my madness. I like it. You chose your sister as the first guest on your podcast. And you launched it in and around Bell Let's Talk Day. It was telling her story her way, the inspiration for your podcast. And then it developed into, you know, the cranium popping and the the cranium popping sounds really disturbing. Um, the the window into your cranium and how you view the world. Or that's just how you view the world and you wanted to let others in on another element of your world. The, the reason why I chose her as the first was partially just what was coming up, the Bell Let's Talk. I thought that was a good opportunity. I thought it would be a good conversation. Mm-hmm. That's why I chose her because she has a unique story. And I just thought it would be nice for people to hear that. And just while we all kind of, everyone's had a brush with mental illness, not everyone's had a very in-depth or you know, you may just know that someone has something or you don't know, you just assume whatever and you don't see the other side. You don't really see the human aspect. You're just like, you know, that person's messed up. So the idea for the Kevin show came from just conversations with my friends. We would always congregate here, have these deep combos, and we're always like, someone should hear this. At that time, I was picturing, like, I had this idea, which I don't know how I feel about it now, because now I, I have this thing about people who, like, you know, they're donating to the homeless, and then they go and film it, right? Yes. I want to do with like a, almost like a street journalist type thing, where you can just talk to someone who has really done that, who's really had that conversation of things. And we talk about a lot of things, relationships, and everything under the sun. So that is where the idea of the Kevin show happened. I thought my sister would be a good jump off because it seemed doable where I could ask the appropriate questions and someone who could give me answers and good insight. Right. So the difference with the podcast, as much as I'm opening up my cranium, I'm letting you look into other people's heads also. So like with my sister, she gave her side, her recollections, how that was, how people have related to her, things like that. Um, Speaking with you, was nice because similar idea. I'm sure there's lots of people who think they can go and write stuff. You touched on it. You do it. And then someone's like, oh, Abby can do it. I can write a book. No problem. That must be easy. Like, I feel like for people who actually are so inclined, like not everything's going to be for everyone, but that kind of conversation to listen to, I just found it very interesting. It wasn't too complex where I don't think someone could follow it. It was simple enough that, you know, you're dropping some author's names there. Someone reads a bit. Oh, let me just check this author out. Oh, let me check her out. Right. And, and that's what I kind of like when I spoke to the other guy, which I still haven't spoke to him about how I butchered it with my ums and likes. But his was just it was about music. But it, the end conversation was more about like almost like his philosophies on life and just how he is as a person. Like it's just... A very interesting conversation. I would ask him certain things and he would describe it in a color, which is just very unique. It's just very interesting to know how people tick. I've always liked that aspect. You know, who are you? What's inside there? So that was more so the idea for the Kevin show, just opening some things up, telling your story. I feel like at some point, I may focus on myself, maybe have some episodes where I'm speaking to myself um, and just sharing a point of view as opposed to always speaking to someone. But at the same time, there's a lot of people I want to speak with. That is so fundamentally human, right? Like we're all so different and we all view the world just a little bit differently. You know, I could ask you a question and I could ask somebody else the same question. And how would you approach it? What is it that you were bringing to that question? What experience, what trauma, whatever, Mm -hmm. and how you express 
whatever it is that we're discussing will inherently be different than how someone else will do it. That's right. What's influenced your perspective? Yeah, exactly. And what's great about about this platform in particular is that you get the opportunity to hear from so many different types of people. It's very accessible to other people. You might not be able to talk to you know somebody who writes music or has a podcast or has a podcast and writes music so you can you get the opportunity to climb inside that person's brain and you know root around for a little bit and see how that they view the world and you know if you ask the right question you figure out why it is they view the world that way and i also enjoy how just a conversation like i like i would start off with like my questions these are the things i want to ask and then how just someone's response would spark either another question out of me mm-hmm. or now they've asked me something is that just now go somewhere different and you just get a real honest genuine that like that's why i like yeah and i think that is fundamentally what makes conversations with other creative people really kind of interesting at the end of the day we're all just people and we all come to these things with these different perspectives how that flows and develops you know you have your notes but you're going to end up following whatever tributary and you know you're going to go downstream on this and come back on that and and what gets revealed along the way may not necessarily be where you thought the conversation was going to take you in the first place and i think those moments are the most interesting moments yes i agree because there's certain things you can anticipate oh i've always loved writing i've always wanted to be an author okay that's fine But to talk about how you can, you know, you look at this blank page and it becomes something. I love the sensation where I feel like the song writes itself. I start writing and then the next idea just comes in my head as I'm doing it. And all of a sudden, boom, verse is done. It's like, oh man. Like I, one of my favorite things from a, from a creative perspective yeah. is when I go back and read something and I've impressed myself. Yes. I'm like, oh, that was good. I have this one line in this song. I, this is what I say in the song. I'm violent with verbs, the ninja with nouns, slicey with adjectives, and then watch you fall to the ground. So now I've put in all those things in that final sentence someone could actually understand and unpack that i'm like that was good like that was very creative that was great so like those moments where i can make myself you know it's this little i would imagine be the same for you too if you read a book i was a conversation with a customer the other day i was just saying to him that i understand where you're coming from because when you're in customer service and if you're getting a bad customer service experience, it's going to stick out more to you because this is what you do. So you're looking out for it. When I listen to rap, obviously I started as a rap fan, but certain things I listen to differently because the certain nuances, not so much the production aspect, but like how they say things, what they say, it affects me differently because I think like that to a degree. I understand some of your process. I'm sure it's the same with the book. Like the authors you appreciate and certain things that you appreciate now is different because you know what it's like to write and put together something. And I just feel like the way that you consume it is different. It changes, yeah. Do yeah. you find that you have less patience now for bad music? Oh, 1,000%. And that's, and that's what would happen. Like, there's certain... Do you feel sad about that, though? Does it make me sad? No. No, it makes me sad that you've put out this horrendous rap and people think I'm supposed to like it because you put it out there. That doesn't make me sad at all. But, okay, maybe, maybe, me... maybe sad is the wrong word. I, I think, does it make you sad that you've lost that innocence? No. Because now you can look behind the veil. No. I appreciate being able to look behind the veil. So the best example I have is Nelly. This was back in college. So like late nineties, he had a song. And then where I stopped liking him is that he came up with a second song and I listened to the lyrics. And I was like, this is horse manure. Okay. <laughs> Which made me listen to the previous song. Oh no. It was, it was horse manure to me. And 
That was it. Oh, no. But I don't feel bad because there's lots of stuff that I've come to love for those same reasons. Okay. That they really masterfully put something together and is beautiful. Like, whatever I was looking for, before I ever picked up a pen, these are the things that would affected me and you're still affecting me. Telling people that I don't like this person because I think they suck, people would be like, "He's je- you're jealous. Oh, he's rich. He saw all those kind of things. That does nothing for me. Right. You can enrich my heart with your, your music and your stuff and make something timeless that sticks with you forever. You put on pretty brown eyes right now and I'll be singing within four seconds. Right? Those are organic things it's not because i'm not like oh yeah that song was popular so therefore i like it if it resonates it resonates there's songs that when i was in middle school i wasn't into rock or anything like that but there were certain stuff i liked mr big to be with you will always be one of my favorite songs right but that's just a good song yeah now i can go back and listen to rock and i like certain stuff but certain things would appeal to me not everything would I couldn't tell you I know how to write a, a rock song, but I wanted to have a hard rock group called Lizard Piss. I don't know why, but that's just <laughs> what I wanted to have it. I would be the king of the lizard people, and then each person would have some kind of reptile thing. Another idea, this one I want to do. Check this one out. All right. This idea came up when Facebook started. Okay. I want to have a group called Kevin Fagan where every person in the group's name is Kevin Fagan. <laughs> We're all musical Kevin Fagans. You got to be somewhat musical. Fair enough, fair enough. Like, you don't, not everyone has to be a singer, not everyone has to be a drummer, but I believe that I can find enough Kevin Fagans to put together a band. You know what? I think I think you should try that. That would be awesome. <laughs> you go a step further. Maybe I'll find a videographer whose name is Kevin Fagan and they're the who directs it. Goodness you, gracious. You, you can go deep. What kind of inception nonsense is this? <laughs> I'm, I'm very self-involved, as if you didn't know that. I didn't know that. It's very new information for me. I have no shortage of self-love. <laughs> and you know what? In this industry, I would certainly hope you had at least a healthy amount. I think you need yeah. a little bit more than a healthy amount to, to make I, it in this. I do blame my mother for that. She's always told me I've been a handsome boy and I've always believed her. And somehow that's always inflated my ego somewhat. But yeah, I, I love myself. I'm a tortured artist. I will say this, that if I'm in my feelings, I'll be more likely to be creative. Mm-hmm. Me feeling happy doesn't make me want to write a song. Me feeling deep love or deep anger or deep frustration. Yeah. Does. Not yeah. to say that I don't think I've written anything happy. That's not what drives me. It's the angst of life. And I think that's a creative person's life, right? Right. It's those strong emotions that drive story, that drive music and poetry. They wouldn't be as uh, compelling or powerful. Agreed. And I think that's why you're finding that these conversations between creatives are so unique because I feel like there's a different, I don't know if it's a different gene or just something different inside you that makes you tick, that makes you embrace that creativity. At one point, I was very obsessed with comedians and cars. um, Getting coffee? Getting coffee. I very much like the conversation aspect. Mm -hmm. And that also influence when the kevin show came out because at that time i was watching a lot of that and i was like yes this is what i want yes conversation and i i heard i don't remember the comedian i'm pretty sure it's chris rock but he was talking about how you're at a party and you feel left out but you see another comedian you're like yes i have a person right while you're different there's a certain thing that you can both relate to. There's certain things that you and I can relate to because we're creative, even if our creative um, avenues are different. Exactly. Different, the fact that we have a creative base to us that's very important and a major factor of who we are is different. So I can imagine that these conversations get very unique because it's like an aspect of sharing. Not everyone can just reach inside their heart and give it to you and be like, this is genuinely what I feel. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure getting to take a peek into your cranium and to reveal to my audience the answers to your three burning questions. Who are you? What do you want? And what is your purpose? 
I hope you had as much fun today as I did. I've really enjoyed our conversation. We should definitely do this again. Been nice. Let's continue. This is lovely. Yay! I'm glad. Okay. I hope to see you back here soon. Real soon. All right. Bye, Abby. Make sure you check out The Kevin Show right here on Anchor or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to check out Kevalonius on SoundCloud and give a listen to his latest tracks. You can find the link in the podcast description. And as always, if you have a comment or question for me or any of my guests, please click the voice message link in the podcast description. We'd love to hear from you.